Hello, hello, how are you there? Hey, I'm, we're back. Hey, man. We're back. Back and better than ever. 2020, starting off with a bang, literally. The, fir- the first <laughs> podcast of the decade for us. Yeah, although, um, did you see that there is debate about, of course we can't even agree on whether or not this is the start of a new decade or not, because like, you know, there was no year zero, so technically, no. um, kind of like when people said, from 1999 to 2000 wasn't the actual change of the millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so depending so on really which side you're of, on, this isn't actually the start of the new decade, but so the, for, so the start of the new decade is technically 2021. Well, I, I don't think there's really a, a right answer, but <laughs> you know, for this, for the sake of, for the sake of agreement and, and, um, We'll say we'll say it's the start of the new decade. I like it. It it it, it starts. You know, it makes me think about new beginnings. And um, so yeah, let's let's call it the the start of the decade. Um, Sounds yeah. Good. How's how's yours been so far? You know, pretty pretty not too dissimilar from you know twenty nineteen. Lots Very, of diaper changing. Lots of diaper changing. Uh, lots of uh, making sure the kids are busy and I don't, me and my wife don't go crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a question for you. Oh, you do? Yeah. Were you far away? Were you, uh, at the casino last night? <laughs> 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 yes. My, my brother-in-law and I decided to do a, sh- to do a, a quick jaunt to, uh, the local gambling hall, mm-hmm. uh, to play some poker. Um, well, you know what I said? Uh, well, uh, in in my defense, on my way there, I said, "Shit, we should have called Howell." <laughs> well, you know what? You're you're lucky this time because I wouldn't have come because last night was the Titans Patriots game, which I watched every minute of, enraptured. Um, and we wa- we watched it as well in the poker room. It was wonderful. Yeah, but you probably weren't screaming like a little girl like I was when things were happening and that might have been embarrassing in the poker room. So just keep it in mm. mind for next time you guys go um, that, you know, I would appreciate an invite. That's all. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. But again, I, I would, I don't want to just gloss over, you know, the Titans did a, end a dynasty last night. So, you, you know, you're welcome America. With a pick six, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah. Yeah. With a pick six. Um, so, you know, we're all about, uh, what's good for America here. And I think we can all say that, you know, the Titans ending Tom Brady's run and um, bringing some equality back to America will be, will be good for football in the long run. Um, and I'm looking forward to us now getting slaughtered by Lamar Jackson next week, but you know, we did our part. Well, well you would have been proud because all of the uh, poker players at the Hammond Horseshoe Casino erupted in uh, yeah. applause. Uh, when that the Titans. That close out that game. Very, very happy. Yes. Yeah. It's as a Titans fan, you rarely get, get moments like that. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm savoring, savoring the moment. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a nice way to spend a Saturday evening. Um, but yeah. So next time, just think of me and, you know, we can keep 2020 going in, in the right direction. Um, so, right. so yeah. So I think for, our loyal listeners out there, I think we wanted to call what I, I'm calling an emergency pod for to start off mm. 
2020 um, because uh, as someone who used to work in foreign policy, um, when I saw the news the other night that uh, the U.S. had um, conducted a missile strike and killed Iraqi, or sorry, excuse me, Iranian General uh, Soleimani, I my eyes lit up. I texted a bunch of my friends who I used to work with and was like, "What the hell?" So I thought, "What another good way to to talk about this would be with you because there's lots of different angles." that we can mm-hmm. talk about this with. Um, yep. There is executive precedence. There is legislat- leg- um, legislative legislative um, considerations as well. Um, so, I mean, did you have any first thoughts when you saw that this news coming across the wire? Uh, my first thought, I think, was this, was the same thought that many people had. And it was like, okay, we did this. Now what? And what does this mean? Well, let me ask, did you know, did you know who he was? Uh, I, I mean, I did just from a reputational standpoint, uh, knowing that he's always been a very integral part of the Iranian, uh, you know, military world. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that he was a bad dude. Um, and I think that's universally accepted that he was a pretty bad guy. Um, depending, obviously depending on your perspective, right. Bad guys. Yeah, but um, if you're not a if you're not a Middle Eastern Shia, he's probably considered a bad dude. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not lost on somebody like me who uh, uh, is not you know totally immersed in you know Middle Eastern foreign policy that uh, this was not just some rogue renegade uh, Al Qaeda or ISIS leader mm-hmm. that we targeted. This was a a man, man high level major general in his government's military um and that's a big deal that's you know mm-hmm. i've heard somebody say this is the same thing as if you know our vice president had been assassinated or right. you know droned uh it's 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 not it's pretty it's pretty well on par with that so yeah. it was yeah. not lost on me that that's that's really what this was all about uh when this happened uh so well, hopefully other people let, see it that way yeah well so i mean real quickly so soleimani uh, was the leader uh, general in charge of the Iranian Quds Force, which um, is essentially the supreme leader's military. Um, and so a lot of people consider him the second most powerful man in Iran. I think there's some debate about that, but, you know, some might say Rouhani. Um, but, you know, regardless, he was a figure of government um, and military. And, you know, in Iran, it's kind of a little bit, they're, this, the, the distinctions are not, not as crystal clear as they are in, in America. But he, um, you know, <clears throat> had a, had a role to shape Middle East, the Middle East in Iran's favor using his military might, um, and had been in that position, I think, for almost 30 years. Um, he was, uh, you know, brought not, I mean, I wouldn't say directly responsible, but he, but his organization was responsible for, um, a lot of civilian deaths in, in the Middle East and a lot of, um, you know, casualties, servicemen member casualties as well with Iranian uh, maneuvers in the region. 
And so, you know, he definitely had blood on his hand. He was, you know, involved in decision making on how to set the strategy in the middle, in Iraq and Syria. Um, but I think, you know, what's interesting to me is there's so many facets of this. So, so first off, like Iran, like look where we are today with Iran, 2020 and where we were when Trump took office. So Iran was conducting their, when Trump came in, Iran was conducting their meddling in, in the region and, you know, kind of still, um, funding Hezbollah, and, uh, in, in Lebanon and, and the, and Syria and, um, you know, kind of trying to shape Iraq for its own gain to be, because they want to be the regional hegemon, but there weren't attacks on tankers. There weren't, um, attacks on oil refineries. Uh, you know, there weren't rockets being fired, killing contractors, American contractors. Um, <clears throat> so I think in a way, uh, I mean, I guess I, I guess I should ask you, do you think some people believe that we are better off with Iran at the moment than we were three, four years ago. Oh man, that's a heavy question. Um, no, we're not better off right now. I think having more of the Cold War sort of perspective and aspect of it all was probably preferable to what could happen now, depending on what kind of hair trigger everybody's got, you know, their fingers on at this point. There's no doubt that Iran was making moves to destabilize things in Iraq, mm -hmm. even though things were already, you know, well in that way. But, you know, with Iran kind of in the, in the shadows, pushing that, pushing that along, you know, things were definitely getting more and more unstable and more treacherous for our mm -hmm. service members there and our activities in Iraq and the, our ability to stabilize the nation. Um, you know, and obviously with what happened at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, um, some people are calling it an attack. I definitely call it – I don't know if I call it an attack. It was certainly an assault sure. on – on the embassy um, where people were trying to get in and certainly in the green, green zone, those, those quote unquote protesters were certainly kind of given a pass to get into the green zone to uh, the embassy in Baghdad. So there were, there were guards and security who kind of opened up the, the turnstile and said, come on in guys. Um, and I, I, I find it hard to believe that that was just the Iraqi government. I'm sure that was some oh, people who were loyal yeah. to sort of the clandestine, uh, Iranian military services, but you know, there's a lot at stake here. You know, Trump pulled us out of the nuclear right. pact with that's Iran. What, that's what I was going to come back to. Yeah. Yeah. He pulled us out two years ago and now it's Iran's like, all right, we're going to go full bore with uranium enrichment. Um, right. they announced that today, right? They're yeah, completely and, withdrawing from all tenants of the, yeah. the nuclear deal. I mean, I, yeah. I guess the reason I wanted, you know, I, I, I raised that is because before, whether you liked it or not, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, um, I personally thought it was a better option than what we had. But before, there was the Iran nuclear deal, jo mm -hmm. uh, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. Uh, it was part of a greater strategy of general yep. containment of Iran, um, recognizing that they were would have some influence in the region, but doing it the best to sort of try to bring it in to the um, <clears throat> international uh, bodies 
through through um you know agreements and and opening them up to business uh a lot of people didn't like that that's fine i can respect that i understand why they didn't but there was a strategy in place yeah and now there is i don't i don't see a strategy um and when i hear people uh from the administration defending these actions um all I seem to get is the only strat only thing that they can always say is, well, previous administrations uh didn't hit back. And so mm-hmm. it seems to me the only strategy I can gain out of this is that they're saying we're not like previous administrations. And that's really the yeah. only thing they have to say how why this is working. And and I think that, you know, it's too I think it's too early necessarily to say um, whether or not this is definitely a bad thing or definitely a good thing. Yeah. Um, because it all depends on what happens next. Um, but, uh, I think there needs to be a greater foreign policy strategy. Um, and, and, and this maximum pressure that seems to be the, the, the guiding guidepost for the, for what they're calling it. Um, to me, only seems like it's going to escalate. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's a little bit troubling too is that, you know, it, when something, an operation like this has been carried out in the past, or at least I would think the way it would go if this was, if this would have been carried out in the past is that the administration would work to actually craft the narrative as to why this had to happen. And it's just sort mm-hmm. of all the, everything, all the evidence that they're pointing to, and not even evidence are all the storylines that they're pointing to are these razor thin sort of, well, he was planning something or there was an imminent attack, but none of that can be substantiated and nobody really knows if that's what was to happen, if that was what was going to happen. So I'm curious to know, you know, under the war powers act, white house has to submit within 48 hours, the legal justification for why they did this. And obviously this is going to be classified, but it's going to be really interesting to see at some point or hear at some point, if it gets leaked or if there is, yeah, I'm sure this will leak. Don't you think it's got to, I mean, if they want to, if they want to try and change the narrative, um, somehow they're going to, some of it's going to have to leak out that there was a, there was something big was about to happen. What I'm really afraid of though, this was really just, this was just opportunity. Uh, Soleimani was mm-hmm. in Baghdad. He was not on, you know, obviously Iranian soil, whatever options president Trump was presented with. Uh, and I, I don't know what made him or advisors push him towards choosing this one. I'm sure there was, you know, other plans. This was probably the very last resort, you know, to, to, you know, drone a military leader from a foreign right. country. I'm sure there were other options that he was presented with, but for some reason he focused on this one and they're, they're, I want to believe that there had to be a reason for it and it, it was a good one. But I mean, when it comes to this administration, it's a little difficult for me to, yeah. to ultimately believe yeah. that. And it wasn't just hubris right. and him right. pushing back on a, you know, quote unquote bully. So, right. No, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it that that was the only thing there. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this administration has not done itself any favors with regards to the truth. Right. And so, um, you know, uh, the, um, the onus is on them mm-hmm. to, to, uh, justify their actions here at this point. Um, and they don't seem to be recognizing that they represent the U S right. Like they don't get to just make decisions and then not tell us why. Right. Um, and it's, <clears throat> again, it's, it's, and, and they, they don't even, they don't even respect Congress's role in this. Um, and 
uh, you know, they represent America too. And they have a say and they should have a say mm-hmm. in this. And, um, you know, I mean, essentially we, we were texting before, I mean, the, the Quds force was a, t- a terrorist designated organization. Um, Soleimani was, was, uh, allegedly planning att- attacks. Um, I, I, I believe that he, if he, he knew of or what may have given pre preemptive green light to some sort of response. Right. Um, so, you know, if you think, look at it in that prism, the leader of a terrorist organization, green lining attacks. I mean, it, you can make the argument that it was like taking out, uh, Baghdadi or like, um, taking out even Osama bin Laden. Um, but again, this is, they were not part of a, a state organization, right? Right. Um, and essentially when you do this as, as when you take out a, a leader of a state organization, it's an assassination and assassinations are illegal in the United States, um, as a part of United States law. And I just, you know, what has been, what has been the response? I mean, I know what the response has been. I, I, I'm afraid the response is just going to fall down party lines again. And, and with regards to like the legality of this and whether, and, and you know, did, did they mm-hmm. do it in the right manner? Have you, have, do you have, do you, have you seen any like concerns about the fact that, you know, they may have con- committed an assassination from influential people or that they didn't do this through the proper process or the fact that Trump is now saying, um, you know, his tweets stand as notification to Congress. Like what, what have you seen, um, with regards to like the congressional role or any influential policymakers that says how we're going to respond to this? Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot, but I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, several past presidents have issued executive orders banning assassinations. Um, Congress has never passed a law to my knowledge okay. of banning assassinations. It's always been by executive order and they've held, okay. they've, they've stood up over time. I don't know. I can't remember who the last one was to, to have, have it in place, but it's, it's stood no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, but that's quibbling over. I'm sure, I'm sure the, the CIA, the NSA, DOD, they all have their own definition of what an assassination is. And I'm sure it's going to be kind of, they're going to, they're going to square the circle somehow and, say that this isn't an assassination or this wasn't an assassination. Um, right. Like I said, it could, could, terrorist designated organization right. planning imminent attacks, you know, that's, it could be an act of war even, you know, like, so right. there's ways to, yeah. But I think, I mean, honestly, I, you know, no, the, I think the one saving grace here is that everybody, you know, for the most part is agreeing this was an evil man who it, yes. the world is probably a better place not having him in it. And, uh, you know, that's all, I think that's fine. I think that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, what happens next? What is your next move here? Yep. It's not like you can overthrow the government of Iran. Iran is ruled by clerics. It's ruled by religion. It's not ruled by, <clears throat> by, you know, essentially it's not ruled by human beings. It's, it's literally ruled by, by religion. So you can't overthrow a government. It's just not really how it works. And even if you do in a country like Iran, it has to be organic. It has to be done by the people. It can't be done by military means. You, you know, the U.S. can't come in, remove the supreme leader, the Ayatollah, and then you know mm-hmm. install somebody else. Um, it's actually way more likely that Iran would do that in Iraq. And now you may have just unified Iraq and Iran to try and 
push yeah. back on the United States. So Iraq is trying to yep. fast track or expedite getting U.S. troops out of there. Obviously, a vote yeah. by their parliament to do that doesn't mean a whole lot because there's multiple steps that have to happen to remove the troops. But that being said, you're already seeing a unification of these two governments in a way that's not going to mm -hmm. be good long term for the United States, but also for the region. I'm thinking for Israel. I'm thinking for any country uh, that supports our efforts in the war on terror um, that is anywhere near the Middle East. It's I just think a lot of this, the repercussions of ripple effects are going to be huge. Um, and some senators are leaking some stuff. I think Marco Rubio was talking about that Iran was planning some sort of military coup in Iraq or, you know, he was without any, obviously without any backup to say why to, to, to justify why he'd say something like that. But uh, yeah, that's not even why that doesn't justify an assassination of, right. Of, of a you know, military leader. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. But I, the thing that I'm finding from a political standpoint too, is I've, I've seen a lot of people, especially, you know, uh, on the more progressive side talking about, Oh, here we go into another war. This is going to be world war three. And then all the memes I've seen online about, Oh, we got to bring the draft back now. Um, the thing I would probably, at least in my experience, now I, I never served in the military and I'll obviously press it, you know, preface it that way, but we're not going to, this isn't going to be world war three at this point. Like there's, it's, that's a little kind of jump in the gun, but um, right. We need to understand that military strikes happen all the time. There, every president has, you know, not every president, but presidents have done this before, not to this high profile of an individual inside a state government, but right. Um, this is unfortunately this has become part of the game, and Congress needs to step in to change that if they don't like it. Um, yeah. and clearly, it seems like they don't like this at all, this move at all. Um, so if Congress needs to pass an actual federal law banning assassinations and make it an ironclad definition of what an assassination is, then they need to do that. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. you know, obviously I'm the last person that wants to get involved in another military conflict that's drawn out for years and years and siphons off billions of dollars and American lives for whatever purpose. But if we're going to do that, <clears throat> this administration better have a damn good reason for it and it better hold water. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to take a second and talk about, like, you know, what you said, like, what's next, right? Mm -hmm. So Iran has been preparing for this type of engagement for 40 years, mm -hmm. you know, like, they, they know they can't win a military stand, a, a traditional military standoff mm -hmm. with us, right? right? So they have proxies all over ready to act. Um, I think we may have created a little bit of a boogeyman with them. I don't, they're probably not as capable as um, they would like us to believe. Right. But regardless, they have the capability to strike military personnel, um, critical infrastructure. They have cyber techniques. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what's really scary to me is um, what could come next. You know, if I'm someone serving in an Iraq base now, I am on pins and needles, right? Because uh, something could happen at any moment. Um, you know, if I work at uh, Saudi Aram Aramco, um, I'm worried, you know, that a truck bomb could be coming in. Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing, or the ironic thing, I think, is, I don't know if you saw that Trump tweeted out, Anti Benghazi. Did you see that? He tweeted. No. He, he tweeted that out. He tweeted that out. Um, 
after the uh, the um, demonstrations were kind of subsiding, yeah, and they announced they were sending more military to secure the the compound. And uh, again, that kind of goes back to the like we're not the previous administration sure. thing, right? Um, but the other thing is, is that in a way, he may actually be creating a Benghazi by do by by this strike mm-hmm. because he has now exposed a bunch of military personnel, um, a bunch of um, uh, diplomats to potential attack because of his of his choice to to. Um, to take out Soleimani. Um, and so I, I found that kind of weirdly ironic. Um, I don't think many people will, will probably think of that, but like he could be creating this own Benghazi as kind of the next step. Um, the other thing I, I saw today uh, with regards to whatever, what comes next is I, I saw that, uh, Hezbollah has said the, any, any attack must be on military. It must not be <laughs> civilians. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Where, where meanwhile, our president is talking about striking cultural sites and sites with civilians. Oh my. Um, did, did you see his tweet? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Identified 52, 52 right. important Ar- Iranian to represent the 52 hostages. Yeah. So another thing that and, well, Trump can certainly say he's the first person that's ever kind of given Hezbollah uh, the the right to claim kind of a moral superiority <laughs> and sort of, um, um, you know, order of battle type uh, operations. Um, I, it just, it's just mind boggling, like, you know, how we, where uh, we are, like, we don't know what's coming next. So I certainly expect Iran will retaliate. Um, in fact, I, I stayed, I worked from home Friday because I was like, ah, I don't necessarily want to be on mass transit today. Um, and do you think it would go that far? I think, yeah. So I thought about this. I, I, I don't, I think striking inside America, which they probably have the capability to do, uh, is they're not there yet, but I didn't, it was the news had just happened overnight. And I was just kind of like, I was like, oh, it was just, I don't need to go into the office today. I'm going to, I'm going to work from home. Um, I, I think, Tomorrow I'm going into the office. Um, but, um, you know, if they strike back and hit someone and um, hit us somewhere in the region, Americans die, you know, what? what is, do you, does Trump order strikes inside Iran? I, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Um, and then once that happens, then all the gloves are off, right? And yep. they, they, you know, they have, they've been working years and years to put these cells in place that can conduct terror, essentially a terror attacks, right? To create panic because they want to create asymmetric advantages for themselves. Um, and yeah, it could get to that. Um, and, if it gets to that, you have to ask yourself, was pulling out of the nuclear deal really the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I really think this is like, this is a, we're in a bad place right now. And cause Iran, yeah. Iran is, they cannot not retaliate. 
we have to be the ones that are going to be the bigger country, the country that de-escalates. You can't, you can't have Pompeo going out there saying, we are trying to de-escalate when Trump is going on Twitter saying, if you yeah. attack, we have 52 sites already lined up that we will hit. That is not de-escalation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of this, what's going to happen next? Like that, that alone in itself is uneasy. I think a lot of people don't are probably aren't really, um, paying too much attention to it yet, but I can guarantee you as soon as the first American dies or they attack in the U S it's gonna, it's gonna change a lot of things. Yeah. Again, I think you and I both agree this guy being dead is, is not, not a bad thing. It's just, does this administration have a plan for, for anything but war at this point? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not World War Three. It's not World no. War Three, but it is, you know, a conflict that is was not necessary and did not have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand, and I, I actually do believe that we need to show strength uh, and push back on our enemies, but this kind of seems like an unforced, I don't want to say unforced error, but that's kind of the term that's jumping in my head right now. It, 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 we didn't need to do this. It wasn't necessary at this point. The opportunity would have been there in the future to do something like this, or maybe even do it, but in a different way. Um, but I do think the days and weeks ahead are going to tell us a lot of what the next, you know, year or so is going to look like with how we deal with Iran. Um, I can't understand, understate how much this could affect the election. And, you know, there is always that possibility that it is being used as some sort of tool in, in a reelection of Donald Trump. Um, I'm cynical Pete, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not even that cynical yet. 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 Um, I'm, it's not, I I don't know if I, I don't, well, I don't know if I buy into it, but you can't, but it's, it's, it's difficult. It's on the minds of a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it's not – you can't just dismiss that um, – dismiss that out of hand. I think it, it, it's something that you – it should be talked about. It should be discussed. And, in, and if you can you know, file it away in that no, it has no impact or that had no – the decision to do this had nothing to do with the 2020 election, which I'm happy to give the benefit of the doubt on that. But it, it, it's an issue and it's out there and people are talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, again, at the end of the day, too, it's the to opportunity. What's that? They've, they've, he has proven himself over and over that he is an opportunist. And this yes. would be, that would be an opportunity. Yeah. And, and that's the point, too. I mean, the, for the people who are thinking or are thinking about the 2020 election and the impact that this would have on it, it's because of what Donald Trump has said and done in the past that people are thinking that. Mm hmm. Um, he has shown multiple times over and over again that he doesn't care and he'll do what he thinks he needs to do to win and whatever that means. Yeah. So, um, I don't think it's, I don't think I, I, I do think it's fair game to talk about. Yes. I, I, and I think it will be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, you know, I, I think I could talk about this for hours. Um, I am just, you know, I, I had, I was aware of this guy when I was in government and, 
and you know would see his his name come across uh reports I was reading and things and 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 you know just it was just shocking to me that that you know that this guy was gone and um that we did it and uh, his import it was just to me like there's so many different angles you could look at this from um but did I mean, do you have any any final thoughts on on you know this assassination there's a crowd out there that wants to talk about what happened under the Obama administration when it came to drone strikes and you know president obama was a his administration was masterful at executing a secret war if not well, if not a secret war then definitely secret military attacks where over five almost 550 drone strikes happened and over you know 3700 people were killed uh, including civilians in those drone drone strikes mm-hmm. and people want to bring that up and some of that was strategic military targets um or terrorist targets that we were going after but i don't think any of them had the same uh impact or consequence that this could have um and i might be wrong i'm not i'm not an expert on all those drone strikes during the obama administration but it seems like for a civilian who's just reading the paper and trying to consume as much information and facts as they can that You're giving this... civilians too much credit here <laughs> but it's it's not hard to say that, but this feels like it's a much bigger deal than anything that may that the obama administration may or may not have done totally um, agree. with their with their drone strike so um i get it i get the argument obama did it too but that's not really an argument now is it um yeah, I've always said and, this to people. We live in the here and the now. It doesn't matter what past administrations did, you know, did or didn't do. It matters what the one that's in power now is doing. Yeah. Um, and yep. Yeah, and again, that goes back to that. Like, pre, I, I watched some of or I read some quotes from Pompeo on his Sunday morning show round rounds and everything was couched with previous administration X, previous administration yeah. Y. And and. And it, you know, we've talked about this a little bit on our, our podcast, but it, it kind of fits into the greater narrative of like, like, we're, we're just the anti Democrats. We're the anti liberals. Mm-hmm. We're owning the libs. Like, we're do we're, you know, where, where they were weak, we're going to be strong. Whether or not yeah. it leads to the right desired outcomes, it doesn't matter because we own the libs. We did, we were not them. Um, and it's just, it's, it's an unhealthy place to be. Um, and, um, I, I am going to be fascinated to see what happens next. Uh, you know, hopefully nothing. I would love for, I would love to be wrong here and that Iran comes to its senses and says, okay, we can do other things that don't require um uh casualties or you know um destruction of some any sort economic destruction or whatever but i'm i'm not crossing my fingers well this has been a heavy one well that's why it's an emergency pod pete <laughs> we don't we don't do those for um you know the fun stuff uh but it's it's you know i think a a nice you know we're in a big year, right? 2020. Uh, yeah. It kind of is uh, representative of, you know, 
what we're we're facing here as we look forward first year of the new decade as we'll call it um but we got a lot more to talk about um we're not going to do uh what we're into this week because you know it was an emergency pod we didn't have time to think about all the, the cool stuff that, that we're into um but next time when we come back we'll we'll get back into the normal format um any any parting words uh minor go titans beat ravens Go Titans beat Ravens. Um, yeah. I don't think we're going to the casino on this one, but, uh, no. <laughs> we'll come up with some different, uh, outro music or intro music. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But, um, uh, yeah, we'll oh. return to our regularly scheduled programming, uh, in the next one. But, um, yeah. Thanks for and, listening, everyone. And we're, um, we're getting, we're getting closer to getting us on the, uh, Apple, Apple store, um, or iTunes store so you can, Download us straight from that, and nice. um, we'll let you know when that's up and running. Excellent. And always go to the uh, Twitter page, at Bros Politics, uh, and uh, check out any articles that we might link to or share or also read uh, some retweets, uh, and we'll keep that up. All right. Well, it's been fun. All right, Talk man. soon. Talk soon. All right.